The gunshots that rang out at Lal Munirhat Border Pillar 863 one moonless night last month were heard nowhere else. The place was too distant, the cause too small, and the victims too insignificant for governments or media to care. 28-year-old Sujan Mia, recruited by traffickers to herd cows across the border, managed to straggle back home into Lal Munirhat. hemorrhaging blood from the bullet wound in his abdomen alam hussain shot in the leg was captured by the border security force along the bangladesh india border the price of smuggling cattle is being paid in human blood this issue is deeply uncomfortable for both countries but as opposition mounts against prime minister sheikh hasina wazid's government the failure to address these border killings is providing ammunition to critics of a leader who's India's most important partner in the region. 18 Bangladeshi residents, human rights watchdog Odhikar has reported, were killed and another 21 injured along the border last year. Figures that are higher than terrorism-related violence along the line of control in Kashmir. Despite India's commitment to use non-lethal weapons on the border, 51 Bangladeshis were allegedly killed by the BSF in 2021. 49 the year before and 43 in 2019 last year prime minister narendra modi worried about the political impact of the border killings promised to reduce shooting deaths to zero even as the two leaders were meeting though the bsf shot dead a ninth grade student minarul islam the victims are mainly among the cattle traffickers but they also include economic immigrants and individuals engaged in the trafficking of commodities like liquor and narcotics in one tragic incident last year 8 year old parveen khatun and her 4 year old brother shakibul hasan drowned in the nilkamal river after their parents sought to flee a bsf patrol although the suffering of indian illegal immigrants to the west get significant media coverage in india the deaths of these children receive no mention at all from the work of anthropologist malini sur it is evident that the cattle trafficking issue is deeply enmeshed with our region's troubled communal past through the early 20th century she notes colonial authorities used to dispatch veterinary officers to meet trains bringing cattle from northern india to meet the demands of the eastern borderlands this trade became a political cause for hindu nationalists who used it to emphasize hindu muslim difference and to protest against the practices of the colonial state the creation of a border in 1947 brought an end to the organized legal transport of cattle but it meant new opportunities for communities in the borderlands The years after independence saw a surge in raiding, cattle rustling and smuggling with authorities in erstwhile East Pakistan describing Dalit communities living along the border as and I quote notorious cattle lifters. Following the liberation of Bangladesh in 1971, India continued to restrict the transport of live cattle but a de facto open border regime descended. The situation became more fraught though after movements against Bangladeshi migrants tore through Assam in the 1970s. The 2 meter high 500 million dollar fence built to separate Bangladesh and India as scholar Elena Dabova notes is far from hermetic. The existence of broad rivers, 
marshes and forest mean that some 30% of the border remain open. Large traders have used these gaps to bribe their way through the controls enforced by the BSF and the Bangladesh border guards, often with the patronage of local political notables. Trinamool Congress leader Anubrata Mondal, for example, is currently facing trial for his alleged role in laundering funds from cattle runners. Here's an account by one eyewitness. Each Pradhan, that's village head, came prepared with a list of the total number of cattle they wanted to be allowed entry into their villages past the BSF patrols, scholar Shahana Ghosh has written, of meetings she personally saw. Over cups of tea and samosas, the negotiations began. This melodramatic haggling of the number of cattle that was to be permitted for Kurbani Eid seemed to be entertaining for all parties concerned. The authorities also used their power to deter smaller traffickers from encroaching into the organized trafficking business. Following one trafficking expedition conducted without payments to the border authorities, Malini Sur writes, gunfire was heard and news soon arrived that the decomposing bodies of cattle transporters had been found floating in the Brahmaputra. No one claimed responsibility, she wrote, but we can guess what happened. Evidence of the success of these kinds of shoot-to-kill anti-trafficking policies is ambiguous. The Ministry of Home Affairs has no official estimates of the scale of cattle smuggling, but uses seizures, that is the number of cattle that are caught, as a metric. The BSF said it recovered some 21,900 cattle in 2021, down from 1,68,005 years earlier. This would seem to show that aggressive measures against traffickers worked. But there's a catch. The data also shows that recoveries surged after 2012 when they stood at 1,20,000. This was despite the fact that the border killings were higher in the period from 2011 to 15 at 177 compared to 157 for 2016-2020. The data suggests that there's no simple link between deterrence by killing and smuggling. So where might we find the answer to what's going on? The BSF itself seems skeptical of the success of its anti-cattle trafficking measures. In 2017, testimony to a standing committee of parliament, this is what they had to say, and I quote, the cattle seized by the BSF are handed over to the customs authorities who dispose them off by auction, and very often the cattle so auctioned find their way back to the smugglers. Last year, Former Border Security Force Director General Pankaj Singh complained that the burden of caring for tens of thousands of cattle was actually distracting the force from its core border protection duties. So lower recoveries might indicate that local BSF units are just seizing fewer cattle because they can't care for them. Finally, Bangladesh itself has significantly expanded its domestic production of beef. Local producers sought protection against imports, which includes cow's traffic from India, leading to a red meat import ban two years ago. The government of India, perhaps ironically, has been lobbying for buffalo meat exports to Bangladesh. Trafficking of cows, though, continues on a not insignificant scale, with bans on slaughter elsewhere actually making more animals available, an expert analysis by the Mantraya Institute has suggested. Trafficking through Bengal sometimes results in violence, with paid mobs battling the BSF to distract the border guards while the smugglers get across the border. 
Elsewhere, stealth is used. Just earlier this month, the BSF recovered a herd being moved through the forests of the East Khasi Hills in Meghalaya. The transport of cattle into Meghalaya from the rest of India is legal, scholar Baniya Telang Majao has recorded, to meet the demand for its beef-eating hill communities. Local networks then profit from routing these cattle into Bangladesh. Towns like Thimai serve as hubs for wider networks of cross-border trade. Traders at the Thimai Heart or Bazaar also sell liquor to Bangladesh in addition to arranging for the trafficking of cows. Long-term contact means that Meghalaya tribals do not consider Bangladeshis as strangers and some tribal women are happy to enter into marriages, Majao observes. A restauranter of Heart Nomjri said her youngest cousin sister eloped with a stranger from Bangladesh whom she met at the heart. Political organizations in Meghalaya have been demanding legalization of cattle exports into Bangladesh, arguing both the state government and local communities would benefit from taxes. Even though ideological considerations elsewhere in India make it very unlikely any government will permit the transport of live cattle into Bangladesh, it is in India's interest to end the culture of violence and killing on the border. Legalizing and expanding existing grey market trade conducted through border hearts would be one step forward. The use of identity card regimes to facilitate the local movement of labour and traders has also long been discussed. The extraordinary success Sheikh Hasina's government has had in crushing jihadist terrorism and its deep cooperation with the New Delhi government have had a crucial role in making India more secure from terror. The continued killings on the border engender resentment and bitterness that threatens the legitimacy of her policies. The gains India has made ought not to be frittered away. I'm Praveen Swami and I'm National Security Editor of The Print. Thank you for watching this week's Security Code.